turn to Psalm 37, verse 34. Psalm 37, and we're going to break this up into two parts, this verse. Psalm 37, verse 34. Wait on the Lord and keep his way. He shall exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. So the admonition today is to wait on the Lord. Uh, a calling that we see frequently repeated in, in Scripture. A call for his people. A call to trust in him. But how is it that we are to wait on the Lord and keep his way? Well, if we look at the whole context of Psalm 37, as we've been going through, we see that David is speaking to us in the midst of a trial, in suffering, in sorrow, in difficulty. And at the present time, you might find yourself in a challenging situation where you don't want to wait. You want the trial to end. You need something to happen. And that's the very context of what, what David is referring to. And it's, it's in those times when it, it seems as though God's purposes are being hid from us. We, we, we cannot know the future. We don't know the outcome. Really, we really just want relief. See, God's timing almost seems to us wrong or delayed. And perhaps there's some divine misunderstanding of the current situation. And we also wonder if the trial will ever end. We can grow fearful or grow bitter. We, we might blame others. We, we can get angry, irritable, focusing upon other people's failures and even take drastic action into our own hands and make unwise choices. Maybe you're a couple that wants to have a child, but pregnancy seems impossible. Maybe you have an illness that won't go away. Maybe it's a relational conflict with others that just seems dark and is never improving. Maybe it's a battle with sin that's unrelenting and exhausting. And what we see with is two aspects of waiting on the Lord. First, what does it mean to wait on the Lord? And then how are we to wait upon the Lord? So firstly, what does it mean to wait upon the Lord? Well, as redeemed children of the King, rescued and saved by His hand, we, we have to step back and remember God's promises to us are not to make our life cushy and comfortable. That's not a verse that I remember. No, his will is for his glory. And so in that, he gives us life. He sets us free. He loves us. Like gold refined in the fire, he fashions us for his glory, for his purposes, not for our glory. And we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's his will for our lives. So this waiting, this word in our culture, what does that normally mean when we think of wait? It means that it, it's a wastefulness. It was an inefficient use of time, maybe even a boring time. Like, I'm waiting in traffic. I'm doing nothing, effectively. But for the children of God, to wait on the Lord is never wasteful or inefficient. In fact, waiting is to be expecting, to hope, to anticipate, to look eagerly for the great work of our God. God is going to do something. And you are leaning over the rail, as it were, waiting and looking for that to happen. That's what it is to, to wait. You might remember the, the father 
in the parable of the, the lost son or the prodigal son. Remember, he was waiting. He was expecting. As soon as he saw his son, he ran like he knew it was coming. He knew it was going to happen. He just had to see him, and he went. That's how we're to be. I knew God would come through me, through for me. He loves me. I lost my son. I lost a third of my wealth. I've been waiting for years, but God did it. I knew he would. That's waiting on the Lord. That's what it looks like. Wait on the Lord. Look for God with eyes of faith, with, with an open heart, with, with gospel eyes. Because that's what God, our God is the God of the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? So look for that. Look for God where God is going to bring the good news of the gospel again. He redeems. He sanctifies. He brings to life. He mortifies sin. He ushers in life-giving truth. So we can't hold to a, like a specific outcome that we want. We can't wait for that that we've fashioned in our mind. But what we, we know, we can hold tight the promises of God. Waiting on the Lord involves right thinking, right God-fearing thinking, and knowing that we're some part of something so much bigger because you've received that living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to, to that inherent, inheritance, right, that's incorruptible, undefiled before God. It never fades away. It's reserved and kept in heaven for you by the power of God. The power of God. That's what waiting is. It's knowing there is a power in God. It's expecting and trusting the power of God. Not in the power of you to do the right things. Not in the power of the circumstances. Not in the power of someone else to do or say the right thing. But the power of God. That's what we're waiting in. And so remember the incredible majesty and the glory of God. Of God, that He is ordained before the beginning of time. So we set our mind on things above. We look for the great and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior. We think eternally. We remember that we are alive by His purposes. So, secondly, how do we, how are we to wait upon the Lord? Waiting on the Lord is not ignoring or just dismissing the trial, because we could do that. We could just forget about it, I'm just going to move on. But waiting on the Lord is an active, intense, spiritual leaning in that takes a very focused application of faith. God says he will keep his promises and he'll supply you with the faith to endure it. Our scripture tells us today to wait on the Lord and keep his way. So in waiting, you walk with God according to his precepts, according to the faith he's given you, grounded in him the whole time. We have to resist impatience. Or just bad thinking, panicked thinking, hasty decisions, blame shifting. These are all going to be temptations that come to us when we're waiting on the Lord. We have to keep his way. Abide in the vine. It's not sitting around. It's not passively doing something. It's actively keeping our eyes fixed ahead on him. Because if you're rightly waiting on the Lord, it's probably a season in which you will pray more than you've ever prayed. It's, it's, not, it's not going in fear. It's going again and again and again to God, not fretting, not fearing, but with expectation. God, I don't know what's going to happen, but I trust in you. I'm responding according to your way. Help me, God, not fear and fret, 
but with the fruits of the Spirit. I'm waiting on the Lord. And this might be, waiting on the Lord might actually be one of your biggest tests of faith. It might be the biggest trial, as it were, in your life, where your faith is really refined. Keeping your eyes focused upon him, just waiting on the Lord, not knowing what's next. That is faith. The spiritual focus, rightly placed. Walking in the spirit, grounded. Turning away from worthless things and focusing on lasting things. For we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. This is the confident expectation in God that we have as Christians. For we know what we're waiting for, don't we? We know what we're waiting for. We're waiting for his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So look forward to that. Go look for it and see it and find it. He promised it's coming. And he also promised it will come through many tribulations, as the disciples said in Acts 14. God grows us and refines us in all kinds of ways, and waiting for him might be one of the most important and effective ways he grows you in life. So all of us know, I mean, all of us, parent, you can probably think of that mature, grounded, solid Christian that you look up to. Right? Somebody out there in your life that's just that example. Well, you know what? They have certainly wrestled with doubts, fear, temptations while waiting on the Lord. And God's worked that in their life. Use that. So we wait longingly with expectant anticipation for the Lord. We wait in hope in the Lord. Not in resignation, but in expectation. So may we together stand fast. May we look to God. May we keep our eyes fixed upon him. Let's stop fighting the battle with our own two hands, with our words, with our money, with our creative ideas, but just be humble servants grounded in his truth that he's given us. So much peace there. May we do our duty as good soldiers of Jesus Christ and rest in him. Remember, the horse is made ready for the day of battle, and we must ready the horse, but the victory belongs to the Lord. So in trial, do not resign yourself, do not run away, do not take matters into your own hands foolishly, but by faith, engaging in it fully and resolutely, wait as more than a conqueror. Wait on your knees, crying out to God. Wait for the glory of your God and wait patiently for the salvation of your God. Trusting, believing, expecting, anticipating. Let's pray. Oh, Father in heaven, we thank you that you have given us faith that we may wait upon you rightly, that we may engage in this. Father, we confess to you that often we view waiting with impatience. We want the trial to end now. Oh, God, but do a refining work of our souls through waiting upon you, through growing, burgeoning our faith and hope in the living God as you do this great work for your kingdom come and where you receive all the glory. We take a moment now to confess our sins to you.